Passages creak in doorless chambers, and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. Whenever candlelights flicker, where the air is deathly still, that is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. Welcome. To the B-Team Podcast, 31 Days of Horror, Day 16. Welcome, everybody. I am Josh, joined, as always, by my ghost co-host, Mr. Vincent Price. And today, uh, we're just going to jump right into it, because our theme happens to be the title of our first movie, and that is Twins of Evil. Uh, Today's movies are both vampire movies. The first is the 1971 Hammer Horror Twins of Evil, starring Mary and Madeline Collinson, uh, identical twin sisters who also happen to be playmates. Uh, They are two little blonde girls who looked a lot younger than they were, which was a little bit creepy, but uh, I double-checked and made sure they they were well and beyond legal when they did these movies, and more importantly, when they did Playboy. Uh, This is a 70s hammer horror, so it's got the gore, it's got the sleaze, and it's definitely got nudity, Uh, and thankfully, this is another one starring Peter Cushing, Uh, this time around, he is in the Witchfinder General role, and basically, it's up to him to see if these girls can be saved, or if they are both lost causes, Uh, one of them is cartoonishly good, the other is cartoonishly evil, and one, I'm not going to say which one, is seduced by the dark side, Uh, and becomes a vampire, or perhaps they both do. Uh, This is part three in the Karnstein trilogy, so this one is in the same loose continuity as Vampire Lovers, Uh, and then there was a middle movie that we skipped, which is Lust for a Vampire, not to be confused with Lust for the Vampire, two very different movies, and um, yeah, this is um, just a, a really good movie, it's way different in tone than Vampire Lovers, you know, that was more of the gothic horror with the, you know, almost the the Dracula-type sets and the castles and the big sprawling countryside, uh, this feels more like one of the, you know, witch movies, um, it's, it's very, you know, period authentic, as much as Hammer could be, and uh, I'd say that one has more suspense to it as opposed to more of the, you know, romance and gothic flair. Our second movie uh, is, you know, one that I had seen without even realizing it was going to be a horror movie or it was going to be about vampires. And that is the aptly named Vampires, V A M P Y R E S, from 1974. Uh, And this one comes from a director who I have yet to see something of his I do not like, and that is Mr. Jose Ramon Raz. He's from Barcelona, and uh, he did a lot of vampire movies and just some really off-the-wall 70s and 60s horror movies, and uh, there might be another one of his on the list, and... and, um, this one is about two women who are just, you know, I, I mean, I guess they're not lesbians, although they are soulmates and devoted to each other, but they will also sleep with men, so I guess they're bisexuals. Uh, they were reanimated as vampires, 
And uh, like Mr. Jean Arlene, these vampires have some weird rules about them because they seem to be okay with the sun, but then it's they, they aren't okay with real sunlight. They're okay with early morning sunlight. So if, if the you know sun is fully in the sky, uh, then they have a problem. If if the sun is too high that you can't shoot for the fire arrows by the water temple, then they have a problem. That that's the rule I go by. Uh, Ocarina of Time reference for anyone who doesn't get that. So, these two women basically just live in this house in the woods. Uh, a couple is going camping, and they come over and they seduce them. And uh, maybe they have their way with them, and then they eat them. You know, you decide the order. Uh, more and more men are turning up at their place, and then they end up going missing. Uh, and this one is just really interesting. Uh, it's definitely what could be called a probably softcore, um, but it's, you know, what I would call an actually erotic movie, there's lots of nudity, lots of scenes of sex, but, you know, it doesn't turn into something like, uh, Trauma Fair, uh, the score is great, it, it's got that, you know, old-timey 70s Spanish score going on, and, uh, it's just a really surreal movie, uh, the women who play the vampires, Fran and Miriam, are, are phenomenal, uh, they have really long, really non-American names that I don't have in front of me, so I'm not even going to try to pronounce, but, yeah, they, they're great, and, uh, it's, it's a weird little movie, and like I said, it put this guy on my map, and then I kind of slowly started making the rounds through the rest of his work, and everything he does is, you know, just really, really good, um, this one also got a very quiet release from Arrow. They did a box set, which I believe these are all available individually now. Um, and I saw the box set, I saw the director name, and I went, oh, holy shit. Sure enough, it had vampires, and I was like, yeah, I'm buying that one day one, and I'm glad that I did. Actually, I waited, because it, it was very expensive when it first came out. And then I got it, like, 40% off, which was great. Um, would I have bought it individually? Absolutely. But, you know, at the time, I didn't know Arrow was doing the individual releases. And then I got two other of his movies I hadn't seen. And one of them I really liked, and the other one is good. It's just definitely not horror, so whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, I was on Facebook, as, as I was, and uh, in the letterbox group, you know, I'm, I'm kicked out of the official letterbox fan group, and the reason ties into this, but... Um, I saw they're, they're showing these community posts of lists that people make, and this was the top 50 LGBT horror movies, or horror-made movies, I guess. Um, it was both criteria voted by the fans. Well, you know, Letterboxd fans mostly happen to be the quote-unquote cinephiles, and more importantly, they all happen to be like 23, 25, and under. Um, so... The list did not have many uh, 70s horror movies, and it did not have any 70s vampire movies. Surprise, surprise. Uh, so the reason I was kicked out of the Letterboxd fan page, if anyone doesn't know, is because I was arguing with one of these types of people and trying to make the point that there has been tons of LGBT representation, which this person was clamoring, you know, was something we needed, um, and... I was saying there, there's been tons steadily since the 60s, all throughout the 70s, you know, venture outside the U.S. and you'll, you'll see it everywhere, uh, especially in horror, 
and basically I, I was told that, you know, only America counts, only popular things count, and the L in the LGBT or the B doesn't count. Well, you know, they, they change the rules as they go along, and most of the people doing this are, of course, not actual members of the LGBT. They're the uh, attention-seeking activist friends. So, on behalf of the actual LGBT, those people can go fuck themselves. Um, but, yeah, no... Vampire movies, the whole lesbian vampire trope—you'll you'll find adequate representation out the wazoo, and uh, typically you'll find some really good, really engaging movies in the process. Um, so that are—that is the two movies that I have for you today, and uh, I will catch you tomorrow. Um, if you have been listening to other things we put up on the channel, we always thank you. Uh, John and I just recorded our Shaun of the Dead, which of course is, I believe, his favorite horror movie. He's not really a horror guy. Uh, I know we're going to be doing Ghostbusters soon. I always put it more in sci-fi just because of the mechanics of the universe and the things that Dan Aykroyd himself has said. Uh, I would imagine John probably puts it somewhere between sci-fi and horror, so he might like that one better, but that'll be up soon. Uh, we have the Bond No Time to die coming up on Tuesday, and um, Brendan and I, along with Sarah at the start, put up two versions of our Halloween Kills, very extensive review, rant, lamentations, what have you, um, and in doing that, and listening to that, and something I watched yesterday, I got an idea for something that will absolutely be coming out on the 23rd. Uh, so I'm going to speak to Brendan about that and see if it's something he's interested in doing. Otherwise, that'll be a surprise solo one from me. Uh, and then at the end of the month, we have a very special, very extensive discussion planned for you guys on one of my and Sarah's favorite horror movies, our favorite Halloween movie that's not in the Halloween franchise, uh, and that is the 1988 classic Night of the Demons. So if you haven't seen that one and you want to get a jump on it, uh, it's readily available in full HD, uncut, on YouTube. Um, a lot of movies are, I've mentioned this before, and, you know, it, like the days of uh, NES emulators. If I own the movie, I do not feel any guilt or remorse recommending it, especially a movie I've bought about 16 times and spend more money on than, than most movies I've seen this year over the years. Uh, so yeah, a lot of times if there's an obscure, especially horror movie, exploitation movie, anything from the 80s, definitely the 70s, the 60s, uh, try putting in the full title and then parentheses, the year of release, you'll be surprised what does and doesn't come up. Um, but yeah, so Night of the Demons, 1988, not to be confused with Demons from 1985 and or 1986, both fantastic movies. Uh, we are going to have a full panel review discussion of that one. And if you haven't seen it, you want to seek it out, feel free to do that. Join us and uh, watch along at home, I guess. So with that, I will catch you tomorrow. Everybody have a good weekend.